Hello and welcome to episode two of the Ascent podcast. I'm your host, Steve Campbell. The Ascent is all about documenting the journey and redefining success through storytelling. I'm here today with a good friend of mine, James Blundo, Jim, um, from Newcastle, PA, and you know somebody that I grew up with. I want to introduce him so that he can tell you who he is and more about him, what he's been up to. Um, he's been up to some big things. I've been keeping up with him throughout my career. And yeah, so thanks for joining me, Jim. Thanks for being guest number two. Yeah, of course. I'm honored. Super excited. Like you said, we've been friends, I think, since we were like nine or ten years old. So uh, we'll have to catch everybody up on all of the history that we have together. But I'm I'm super excited with everything that you've been doing, and I'm glad to be doing this. Yeah, man. Likewise. Yeah, we've known each other for a good 20 years, which is insane to think about. But it's been awesome. I mean, I remember everything like it was yesterday. So... I think we'll we'll get into a lot of that. Um, <laughs> so just to let you in on the process, we're all about documenting the journey. And so I know what your story is and where you came from, obviously, but my audience doesn't. So I'm just going to pick your brain a little bit around where you've come from so far and what you've been up to in your, your personal journey and where you're at now and where you guys see yourselves going in the future. Sound good? Awesome. Let's do it. Perfect. So do you want to start by letting everyone know who you are, what your title is and all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, obviously Jim Blundo, uh, my, the business that I co-founded along with a friend of mine from college is called Spark Designs. Uh, we're a full-service marketing agency that has been in existence for five years. I want to say in existence it, for the first probably two and a half to three, it was just Nick and I at the time, uh, and it definitely wasn't full-service, mm -hmm. but we slowly grew. We met a lot of different people. We uh, worked pretty hard to create as many connections as possible and grow our network uh, to the point where we are now, which is uh, adding on all of the services related to marketing with mostly a digital emphasis, as I'm sure most people who are in marketing have uh, shifted toward, uh, to the point where now we have uh, 15 total people on staff. We're picking up uh, bigger accounts now, more national type accounts, and really don't see any end in sight to our growth as we're both basically the type of people who are never really satisfied and always kind of looking for more. And we're getting a lot out of this business that isn't necessarily financial, but is just in uh, being super excited about owning something and uh, getting to build something together with all of the people who help us do it on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm not sure I ever got the actual like origin story of like how how did you decide to start your own business and you know where did you meet Nick that you guys got together and just said let's start an agency well i think i'm like a lot of people in that if you would have told high school me that i would be doing this now i would he would be completely shocked and surprised because i would have never expected it uh what what is probably even more special about that is that if you would have told me two months before I started at Spark Designs that I would be doing this now, I would still be just as shocked because I never really saw myself as going down a marketing road. I, I think I'm like anybody who wanted to have a business or some type of business, but I never really knew what that would be. And I actually couldn't even visualize it, visualize myself in this position. Mm -hmm. It happened very, very organically. And I guess I can tell, I'll pick up the story basically after college uh, which is where Nick and I met. We both went to Clarion University, and I had actually started my career uh, after college in the insurance industry, and I was meeting with dental specialists all over the country, 
uh, trying to sell them insurance. And I think some of the things that I had learned during that time was just uh, in meeting with medical professionals, just how to handle a professional situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I basically applied that to what I do now. Now, just to get a little bit more into the story, at the time that I had begun, Nick, who is much more the entrepreneurial spirit and much more the entrepreneurial attitude, had already had a bazillion ideas in college. And one of those ideas he had pitched me on was more of an event marketing type business. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, he was he was still at school finishing his master's and I was in my career already. And he said that he needed $400 to get incorporated. I said, I'll give you the $400 and I'll take some percentage of this business. Uh, and for probably the next two years, I think he was sort of out there building what would now become Spark Designs while I was trying to find myself uh, professionally in whatever my career was going to be. And we obviously stayed connected because uh, that $400, which seems so minimal, Right. Uh, tied us together for all of that time. So I had uh, left the insurance business because I had absolutely no passion for it, which is something that I learned about myself that despite making good money, uh, I have to love what I'm doing because mm -hmm. the money really doesn't mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. I have to really be driven by, by what I'm up to and I have to really love it in order to continue to do it. So I left the insurance business with nothing uh, really to fall back on. And I went to my fallback in between any job, which has which is cement. And I was actually concrete laboring until I found uh, my next position, which was as a business development manager at a supply chain consulting firm, which was mostly cubicle life. And I'll be honest, it was it was quite the grind. And I never imagined myself staying there for very long. Mm -hmm. uh, the company ended up getting uh, bought out and my position was let go, which meant that I was headed back to concrete labor. And at the same time, Nick had sort of transformed uh, this event business into what Spark eventually became, which was much more digitally focused. Mm -hmm. uh, and I basically, we decided that, well, I have an interest in this business financially, albeit very small, it was an interest. Mm -hmm. And Nick had just enough clients uh, to sort of float my beginning with the business. And that's when we officially launched and incorporated uh, in January of 2013. We officially launched and incorporated Spark Designs as what it is now, uh, which was, I, at the time, just websites and event marketing. And like I said, we slowly got to the point where uh, we picked up more and more clients. We met more and more people who we were able to uh, asked to join us, mm -hmm. and we got to the point where we are now, which is, uh, you know, five years into the business and starting to make a name for ourselves in this region. That's awesome, man. I had no idea about the, like, laying concrete and, like, that kind of stuff. I feel like everyone kind of at the at the root of, like, what they're passionate about, I think people have stories like that. Like, I definitely had a job in between college where I was doing roofing, like commercial roofing, like working on like power plants and stuff like that. And it was really dangerous. And my job interview was just one question, are you scared of heights? And my answer was, I don't know. <laughs> and I worked one summer in like just really dangerous conditions. And then I said to myself, never again. And I'm like, that's what motivated me to like find an office job and like do all the things that I needed to do. Well, it's funny because everybody would always say to me, like, this is going to make you know that you don't ever want to do this. Yeah. But I actually loved it. Yeah. I Had I not ended up, uh, you know, sort of taking this leap with Nick, uh, 
And, you know, he, I give him all the credit in the world for having faith in me to take somebody on. Uh, but had I not ended up going down this road, I really could have seen myself just staying in it because I actually really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It's a grind. It's, it's really hard work, but it teaches you a lot about uh, seeing projects through completion, mm -hmm. uh, taking care of people, seeing them happy with what you produced for them. It's not all that much different from doing marketing or, or building a website or putting together a plan. You know, it just maybe happens a little bit faster and it's far more physical yep. and there's a way higher degree of getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. You, you can learn a lot in a job like that for sure. And it's, it definitely sets you up and teaches you the kind of person that you want to be. Like seeing stuff through, like you said, and putting in like actual physical hard work is different a lot of times from like the mental strain of the jobs we have now. But it's definitely um, something that prepares you for like life in that way and that you know you don't want to you, like you get to make that choice like not everyone has a choice and you guys like you and I do and you know we it's great to hear that you really enjoy that because you can tell like just knowing the guy like knowing the Jim Blondo you are today and like the stand-up guy you are and everything I feel like you learn a lot of those things in the types of small towns that we grew up in and in those types of jobs and, and those kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. And to your small town point, I think that there's an attitude that you have uh, being where we're from, which is, you know, your, your typical small town, but maybe a little bit more of a beaten up attitude. And even the people who perceive you mm -hmm. uh, when you're from where we're from, that kind of makes you more of a fighter and gives you like this attitude of a chip on your shoulder. And I think that's why maybe we get to be in a position now uh, of success because we've basically, and I still do, you know, we still have this chip on our shoulder for being where we're from and having to prove maybe just a little bit more than somebody else. Uh, that's the sense that I get. It may not actually be true, but it's the attitude that I walk around with every day. So I actually, you know, when you look back on anybody's journey, myself included, I think you see all of these things that shaped what you became. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, to your small town point, I can definitely see how the small town uh, created our my attitude now, especially in business. Absolutely, man. And I see it in a lot of my friends today that are doing stuff. It's it's just it's funny how when you see people who are succeeding and who are really driven and passionate, if you ask them questions about their past, like you'll always find something interesting out. Like no matter how successful someone is, it's like they always had some form of humble beginnings or some kind of story that's just like really relatable and and it's interesting how like that stuff really does mold you and you don't really realize it until you're much older, I guess. All right. Well, that's where you came from. I guess let's talk a little bit more about where you guys are now. I mean, you said that you have what, 15 employees and yeah, we have uh, 15 total people on staff. Um, I think since the existence of the business we've worked with, I haven't counted recently. So I had to do a little bit of an estimation. Uh, it's probably above 250, probably to 300 businesses we've worked with in the last five years awesome. in some capacity. Uh, to get a little bit more into like the industry, like the, the details of like what our clients look like, we have about 30 active online marketing clients, which to us means uh, that we're actively managing their entire marketing plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and at this moment now and basically at any time we're probably managing between about 20 to 25 website projects as well as uh video as well which is in-house mm -hmm. that's awesome so the the business is in a position uh for extreme growth and i i think we are uh just to get a little bit more to that side of things you know there's a there's a stabilization 
that eventually happens with with who you are as a business. You know, it's it's fast growth for a long time, uh, or for a period because it pretty much has to be. You go from, in our case, zero to something, and that happens pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of stabilize, like going into 2018, our focus is going to be in becoming more of experts in specific fields or industries uh, so that we can start to really build out uh, certain segments of our business and really grow it that way. Mm-hmm. But for a while, you're just kind of taking whatever you can get. And that's what we did for, for a long time. Uh, and I think we will still, as long as you know the client fits, we're still going to play in every industry, but we're also at a point now where we can focus on specific industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point because Melissa and I are six months into our business journey and you guys have been at it for five years now. And so um, it's crazy how much we've learned in just the few months that I've been at this and, and how our strategy and business plan and all that has evolved. I guess I can't even imagine what it would look like five years from now and like how much we're going to learn in that kind of stuff. I guess what are some of like the big things that you notice about yourself now that maybe you weren't really aware of to begin with or, or like what are some of the biggest learnings I guess you've taken away from what you've been able to do so far? So you actually said this in I think your most recent video. I thought it was really interesting because I say it all the time. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you basically said that the things that you say now, you even look back maybe a month or two ago at the things that you said then and you can't believe how stupid you were or stupid you sounded even mm-hmm. a month or two ago. Yeah, definitely. You said that and that hit home for me because that is exactly how I have felt in business the entire time is I'll look back at things that I thought or things that I said, uh, even like you said, like a month ago or a year before. And I'll think to myself, man, was I an idiot for, for like thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think once you kind of appreciate that, then you can get into the mindset of constantly growing and being open to growing because you know that even when I say on this podcast today, I realize that maybe a year from now I'm going to, to myself, sound like an idiot. And once you kind of accept that, I think you you leave yourself more open to growing mm-hmm. and staying open-minded about your business and where it's going and what you can do with it. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I that's something I think about a lot because especially now that I'm doing content like this, like a podcast, um, I've been on a lot of podcasts in the last few months. And you'd be surprised how many people who run these things that they just try and stock up as many episodes as they can. And like... There are podcasts that I were, was interviewed for when I first moved out here six months ago that the episode hasn't released yet. And like mm-hmm. I get emails from people out of the woodwork and they're just like, hey, I haven't forgot about you. Like your episode's going live in like two more weeks. And I'm like, what is – what did I even talk to you about? Like, <laughs> like to me that's just like unforgivable because that content gets so stale at that point that it's just – Whatever I said when I was at the beginning of my journey, it'll be a nice piece of content still and I'll share it. But it's completely irrelevant now as far as my beliefs because that's always evolving. And I think that's what you hit on perfectly because, you know, I could I always tell people, you know, don't listen to what I'm saying today. Like like don't listen to what I said like ten days ago. Listen to what I'm saying right now. Like ask me the same questions because I'll probably answer them differently just based on my experiences and the world that we're in with the marketing digital landscape is just such an evolving space that I feel like you have to think that way. And I was sort of molded to think that way through working at Gary Vaynerchuk's company. And, you know, it's, it's just such a fast paced environment. You kind of have to be fast in order to 
learn and grow and adapt. You guys find that in, like when you're dealing with clients and just. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, when I look at the things that we do now versus what we did when we thought we knew what like marketing looked like, it just blows me away how things have changed. Mm -hmm. uh, not just like with what people even do in the industry or, you know, different strategies, just like maybe even some of the mistakes that we made in the past uh, with like how we managed certain plans or managed certain clients. Uh, when you just see and you have the power of experience, which I think as, as I've gone along, I've started to appreciate how valuable experience is. Uh, when you can see that firsthand, uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's eye-opening, you know, in a lot of ways. And, you know, you can always second-guess yourself for things that maybe you should have done mm -hmm. or different ways that you could have handled a situation. But you also have to be comfortable. Uh, it's not unlike sports, you know. It's like when you fail, you have to be comfortable with accepting failure and just getting back up and doing it a different way the next time. That's one thing uh, I would say to any business owner, probably my biggest piece of advice most consistent piece of advice has been uh, never up, never down when it comes to business. And what I mean by that is that there are going to be days that you feel like you're going to take over the world because everything is going your way. Mm -hmm. There might be weeks that you feel like that, but then there are also going to be days and weeks that you think that tomorrow is the last day that this is going to exist. And what you learn to do is uh, just always stay on a level field, never up, never down, Stay consistent with what you're trying to do and don't react to the roller coaster because business, especially when you're in it for yourself uh, and, you know, everything is dependent on you is just a massive roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're able to kind of, you know, stay even keeled, then you'll be able to manage those those huge highs and those huge lows. I think that's a great piece of advice, especially for someone who is responsible for other people. Like in my business, it's something that I should definitely keep in mind, but I'm at the end of the day, it's Melissa and I and no one else. Like we don't have any employees to date, but you know, I think that's especially crucial when you are managing other people because it's every decision that you make affects everyone that works with you and under you, you know? And so I think that, you know, keeping a level headed in mind and, and making those decisions, it's just one way of just keeping people grounded and focused. And I, I just think that's great. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you, you touched on a, a point and that's a big jump in business is when you get from the point of, uh, you're responsible for yourself. And I mean, that's a huge responsibility. And my, my personal story is that I eventually became responsible for another person in the middle of this business, right. uh, in my child. So that, <laughs> that added a, a whole level of responsibility. But when you also become responsible, responsible for the livelihood of uh, the people who are working with you and doing this, this helping you build this business, then it just becomes an entirely different level of, uh, you know, decision making and what you're willing to do, what you're maybe willing to take a risk on, because you know that uh, ultimately it's not just you that you're impacting, and you're not just impacting those people; you're impacting their families and mm -hmm. uh, everybody who's associated with them. So, you know, you can't have these, these wild swings and, and uh, business type decision reactions knowing that you're ultimately responsible for them too because that can seriously affect them. And that's probably the biggest burden that I carry as a business owner is mm 
uh, the feeling of needing to be successful for the people who are taking this journey with me. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I have so much respect and so much appreciation for them doing that and being a part of this with me that uh, if I were to ever let them down, I'd probably be the most devastating part about losing the business because I would, I would always feel like I can be okay for myself, but I would never want to have done that to the people who have taken such a leap and such a risk to be with uh, Nick and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something really special when you can get other people to buy into your dream and your your goal and you know the goals and ambitions of your company and that's that's great. I mean, that's something I'm I'm looking forward to having someday as well. And um, I I think that's the proper mentality of an entrepreneur is that you know you'll be fine at the end of the day. Like we're always going to have another business idea to chase down or pursue. And like you know being out on this limb for as long as you guys have, you know you, you're not scared about failing and in, in finding a new business model and all that other stuff that would go into that. But it really it does come down to, you know, the people that work with you and around you. Like at the end of the day, if you fail, it's like you feel like you failed them in a way. And so, you know, it, it helps keep you motivated, I guess, and it helps keep you grounded and just making the right decisions and just working as hard as you can to make something successful, right? Yeah, no question. I mean, that's, it, it's a dream that you're chasing. And, you know, the people that help you get there are ultimately the most important people and the most important part of the story. So we try to never forget, uh, you know, anybody that's helped us get to where we're going. And we especially take care of the ones that are currently doing it with us. Cool. And I've had the luxury of meeting your team a couple times. Uh, I've probably missed a a few recent additions, but I'll be back in a couple weeks and I might have to swing through and and see everybody. But they're they're a great group and um, definitely people I wouldn't want to let down if I were sort of in heading the helm, I guess. <laughs> well, I think they think of it as a, as a pretty big luxury to have met you as well, because like you, you know, you, you've started what you're, what you're doing now and, and you're kind of seeing it from, from this side, but you've also been to a place that we are all striving to get to. Mm-hmm. And anytime, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk you up now. Anytime that you have come in, I think it's been extremely motivational for everybody to especially have heard the stories that you're able to tell and some of the, some of the accounts that you worked on. Uh, so it, it, trust me, it's very, very mutual, uh, that you, you have come in here and inspired us just as much as, uh, maybe we've inspired you to start your business. Yeah. Thanks man. It means a lot. And going in those first few times and just like talking to a room of like your employees and coworkers, it's just been great. And it's been great practice, I think for me, even because I've been dabbling with the idea of doing some speaking and and that kind of stuff. And while I haven't really like looked into it yet to the point of pursuing it, that's something that I could foresee myself doing in the future once I have something to more to talk about. But yeah, it's been, it's been great. And that's any, any practice is good practice. And this, this counts interviews like this and and things like that. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I was super nervous to even be doing this. I'm not used to being on camera or uh, being the person who represents the business. Nick usually does that. So this mm -hmm. has been uh, but you're doing a great job, honestly. You're making me feel comfortable. So thanks, man. Yeah, no, it it really does take practice. I mean, um, someone came up to me the other day. So Melissa and I went over to her sister and brother-in-law's house for Halloween because they have they live in an actual neighborhood, not in an apartment building. And so we were passing out candy to trick or treaters, and one of their neighbors came over, and it was the first time in my like since I've been doing this that somebody came up to me and actually recognized me from just from Facebook, and. It was because, you know, they're friends of theirs, and so she, she happened to see my videos in her feed on Facebook through Melissa's sister liking and engaging, 
And but it was the first time that you know a stranger came up to me and just gave me a hug and said, "You're really good on camera. Like I love watching your videos and that stuff." And what goes through my mind is just gratitude and happiness, but also in the back of my mind is I know how terrible my videos were the first like <laughs> six months I was doing them and how I would start shaking and get nervous like when I would see the little light go on, and I'd be the only person in the room even and. You know, that's, it's just the way it is. It like feels like public speaking and that always bothered me. But now, you know, you do it enough and you're in a place where, you know, people, enough people give you the confidence and tell you that you're good, that you can start doing this stuff. And I'll still be terrified if I ever jump in a room of a hundred people, but I'm going to try and do it at some point because I, I have to. Yeah. You, and the only way to get past it is to get, to actually do it and get through it. But that's a really cool story. That had to feel awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no, it, it did. And it, it's those little things are what motivate you and keep you creating content and that stuff whenever you're able to get that feedback. So so I'm going to I'm gonna hijack the interview real quick, and I'm going right. to tell a story about you. All right. Because this is when I sort of realized that this guy's a little bit different <laughs> when we were younger. And I thought, like, you know, Steve – He's thinking a little bit differently than we're thinking. So you gotta. I'm gonna remind your the people who watch your videos uh, that you and I are in our 30s now, early 30s. Early 30s. And at this time, uh, AIM was just becoming something. Mm-hmm. You know that that was what was popular. We were on AIM, and uh, you know I knew that Steve was pretty good at. Uh, at computers, and I knew that he was sort of tech savvy, but tech savvy back then didn't mean a whole lot. It might mean that you were like really good at computer video games. Right. <laughs> so um, I was on my, I was on AIM at my house, and I was talking to you on there, and you made me put in some type of command in AIM. Mm-hmm. And I put the command into AIM, and all of a sudden you were controlling my screen. <laughs> now this feels super, like nowadays that probably seems like not a big deal. But imagine yourself at 12 years old with the type of technology that we were dealing with at the time, yeah. which AIM was like, how the heck does this work? Yeah. To have you, you know, wherever you were, I just couldn't grasp the concept that you had just taken over my screen. And that's when I said to myself, I think Steve maybe thinks about this stuff a little bit differently. <laughs> and he's diving into things a little bit deeper than, than like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought, you know, he's, he's different. So when I... As, as of course I was following your story when I saw that you know you were having business success and and you were basically climbing to get to where you were and where you are now I was never surprised because just like when you take a little story like that and you kind of understand the person uh, and like we did we grew up with each other so I, I know you a little bit differently than mm-hmm. than your audience knows you but when you can apply those types of stories to what I see you up to now it doesn't surprise me at all because mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've been doing some things like that and, and little cool things like that for as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And first of all, I have no memory of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to do some pretty cool and pretty slick stuff with AIM. Like when I was in college, I set up a server on my computer somehow that anyone can direct connect through AIM to me and they could download music off of my computer. And so I would come back from class and I'd have like five AIM windows up at all times because they were my friends like downloading <laughs> like the latest like Dipset album and like Joel yeah. Santana and people like that. But no, I mean I, I've just always been a first mover when it comes to tech. Like I probably had a phone call at some point back then because I was like the person in my house who did all this stuff with you know Comcast or with whoever was handling our internet or whatever. And I'm sure they did one of those screen shares to try and fix a problem. Uh-huh. 
and I, I, it probably blew me away in the same way that it blew you away when I did that for you. And when something like that occurs and happens and I, I witness something and I'm not sure how it works, I kind of need to find out. And so I'd imagine that I probably experienced that for myself and then I started doing some searching and snooping around and figuring out like how are they able to do that and then I probably found an easy way to do it myself and then I just did that for other people. But that's how I was, experiment back then. Well, it gets to the point of, of what you're doing now. Like you said, you're a first mover in tech. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be that way, especially in our industry. You just have to be light on your feet, agile with what you're doing as a business because it's all changing so fast. Mm -hmm. The best thing for a business to do for the marketing is going to be different in two months than it is right now. So, uh, you know, you were, that's obviously an early story and an early uh, example of, of why you have been able to navigate success in your own personal career. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it applies pretty well to our industry and what we're all up to and what we're trying to do for people. Well, thanks, man. And I feel like I, I definitely have some stories like that about you as well. Like, I feel like both out of our group of friends back home, you and I were the two that I feel like always were seen as like the sneaky ones, like the conniving yeah. ones, because we just had such minds for like workarounds and like how to get a, how to make things easier and how to like, you know, fly under the radar and, and achieve, you know, victory and like that kind of thing when we'd be playing baseball or, or anything really. Um, it's funny that you say that because I think if you ask my fantasy football league, that is exactly how they would describe me as well. Yeah. No, likewise, um, I run my own league and it's, I've been accused of some shady practices over the years and <laughs> trades and things like that. And I don't mean for them to be shady, but I just try to win it at all costs. And that's what it ends up looking like sometimes. And you know, that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, it feels cutthroat in the way that you do business, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, sometimes in business you need to find every angle in order to maybe get that success or get that win. Mm -hmm. And it's never done in a malicious way. But when you start to think about that and when you start to think that literally anything is possible mm -hmm. and whatever you try, uh, you, there are really no rules. You know, the rules, the coolest thing about being in business for yourself is you make the rules mm -hmm. and you only abide by the ones that you created and you can change them at any time, sort of, unless you're sort very of. regulated. Right. But uh, for what we're doing, uh, you sort of make the make your own rules. And when you learn to uh, be comfortable with trying different things and trying to figure out whatever it takes to uh, get the business or uh, get whatever you're looking for out of your business, then you come up with some pretty creative ways to find success. And, you know, maybe that just speaks to why we're able to, to do what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that brings me to where you guys are heading. Um, you know, you guys have a bright future. You have, you know, 15 people in the office that you're working at now. I think last time I was there, you guys were working on taking over that office space that you're in. I don't know what your plans look like for the future. If you're trying to move to a bigger space or if you're looking to open up a second spot or anything like that or, or what, but fill us in on, on what the future looks like for Spark Designs. Yeah, so as far as space is concerned, we're sort of outgrowing where we are now. Uh, we haven't really gotten serious about thinking about moving. Mm -hmm. uh, we've always considered it and, you know, which direction will we go? Just to give you an idea, an idea we're about 10 miles north of Pittsburgh in an exploding community. Uh, but we're at the point where we probably need to start to work our way downtown and start to play against the agencies that exist in that environment uh, and have that sort of uh, that larger downtown presence when 
companies meet with us or consider us for positions. So we're starting to look in that direction and it probably gets a little bit to where we think that we're going, which is uh, continued growth. I think last year at this time we had eight or nine. So that means we added about five or six people this year. And I would expect growth like that again for 2018. Uh, we're probably looking to, by the end of 2018, have added again between five and 10 people. And we're just, Nick and I are, I, I said it earlier, we're just the type of people that aren't really ever satisfied mm -hmm. and won't be satisfied if we're not continue, continuing to grow. Now, to get to a technical business uh, standpoint, like I said, we, we have a wide range of clients in various different industries. But what you find in business is eventually, you know, some industries and you end up with more clients. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to now uh, sort of foster what we've done in certain industries and present ourselves as experts in specific industries. Now, we'll always be taking on business from other uh, industries as well. But we do want to start to consider becoming experts uh, in certain different uh, types of companies. Mm -hmm. So that's probably what we'll focus on in 2018, just continued growth, continuing to pick up uh, national accounts, which is now our goal, uh, but also really, really growing uh, what we're doing with specific types of uh, businesses. I think that's really smart. I mean, coming from the agency world and then being in this world after that, like I've seen so many people that are starting agencies. It's never been easier in a way that like, you know, all the tools, anyone who's a, an expert who has worked with clients or worked in this space before can technically go and run and just start creating their own creative shop. You just need, you know, the right assets and talent around you as far as designers and creators and people like that. I do think it's really smart to, to try and tout yourselves as subject matter experts in the different industries that you've already been in because I think as more and more people start agencies, they're all just trying to get as many clients as they can in as many different industries as they can. You guys at least have the expertise and you can go approach somebody who's in like dental for instance and just say, you know, here's the case study of all the companies that we've worked with that were in your space and here's why we're experts at this, this and this and you should pick us over anyone else because everyone else is just giving you the same spiel that they're giving all the other clients that they have whereas we can tailor our advice specific to your industry. Yeah, and you know, we sort of, this is probably a conversation, we should do this again and we'll get, we could get further into like the, the very specific business side of marketing and marketing agencies, right. but we sort of sense that, uh, you know, if there's going to be all of this competition and, you know, with the types of things that we provide, there's the potential that this could get commoditized. Mm -hmm. And if we don't figure ourselves out as experts in a certain direction, and it doesn't even have to be industry. It could just be whatever, you know, your mission is as a company. Uh, if, if we don't figure that out and we just keep trying to play the throw everything against the wall, work with anybody, mm -hmm. then we'll eventually get, this is going to get commoditized. So we need to basically become an expert uh, in certain fields uh, so that we can sort of protect ourselves from something like that. And then we can work at more of an elite level it's beyond just the, like you said, like every other person who's doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that approach because it's like figure out what's around your local area and what's in Pittsburgh in a certain area and then develop that expertise and hone your skills and practice, even your pitch and stuff like that and then approach those larger 
brands that are global chains of you know thing, companies in the same industry. And it, if it sounds like a good strategy and good plan for expanding and growing your team by, it sounds like you guys want to grow by almost fifty percent next year. And yeah, I think that's a great strategy to take into that approach. Our goal every year has been ambitious, and we've hit it every year, is to double revenues every single year. And uh, we've exceeded that in some years. We've gotten very close to that, at least in every year. So yes, um, we are definitely constantly looking at that rapid expansion and how best to go about it. That's awesome, man. Congrats. And I am very proud of you guys, and I can't wait to see what you guys do in 2018. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about what you're up to. Always watching, always following. I even had that little uh, little detail of your last video, so yep. I'm always watching. Yeah, I'm always I'm impressed as always with how well you guys, uh, everyone that works at Spark keeps up with me on social. You guys are you guys have been great. You've been some of my biggest fans so far, so thank you. Um, Definitely, we're wishing you the best. Yeah, likewise. And so I guess just to wrap this up, um, you want to let people know how best to reach you and find you guys. Yeah. Um, if anybody is interested in our services or just wants to talk and maybe have an industry contact or someone that you uh, you know want to bounce ideas off of, you can always get a hold of me uh, at my email address, which is james.blundo at sparkdesigns.com, and we spell it with a Q. Uh, Nike hasn't come calling yet, but I'm assuming after this one goes live, they're going to start to get all over us about our spelling of it. Uh, but yeah, get get a hold of me, uh, or you can find me on... Uh, I guess Twitter's where I'm most likely to be found as far as social media goes. It's at Jim Quarterly. That is uh, derived from GQ Gentleman's Quarterly about 10 years ago when I came up with this or however long ago it was when I, when I first got on Twitter. I thought it was funny that I would be Jim Quarterly. So you can find me there too. Well, I always thought it was a great Twitter name, and I never actually knew what it meant, but now I do, and I'm glad that you shared that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's on the inside of my suit, too. It's stitched. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jim. Well, uh, thanks for joining us and looking forward to keeping in touch with you guys and what you're up to. Okay. Thanks so much, Steve. Have a good day. You too, man.